Hey, y'all. Uh, welcome back. This is episode six already for Manly Musings podcast with uh, Merritt and Kevin. Tonight, we are going to get the ball rolling talking about our sports memories and, you know, why we love sports again, like like we've talked about every week, but the memories that stick with us the most um, throughout our life so far. Uh, we're both about 32 years old, so we've got plenty in there, uh, but plenty more to go. Um, so let's kind of jump right in. Kevin, did we miss anything from last week that we want to touch on? A- anything at all? Um, I'm looking through the notes, Merritt. Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday. This is Kevin here. Um, I don't really think anything except I believe if I remember correctly and forget it, and that's going to be going into our weekly sports update. I feel like I said, talked about the Rams being an OBJ option. You know, he's Hollywood. He wants to be in the limelight. Um, excited for him to see. Uh, I'm excited to see how that's going to go for him. Really. Uh, I think it's an interesting choice because I think there's definitely other options that, uh, would definitely be better, but you know, they are part of what he wanted on his checklist. He wanted a contender. The Rams are definitely a contender this year. Um, and then unfortunately, well, lucky for him in a sense, but I'm definitely unfortunate for the team. You know, Robert Woods went down this year for the end, end of the year. Uh, some sort of, was it a knee injury? Yeah. Tours ACL in practice uh, on Friday. Horrible. And here's the thing. He finished practice. That's great. Went through the media, did everything was fine like didn't wasn't feeling it i guess and then they were like all right and then afterwards like you get sore and tight after practice and they did mris and like you dude you tore it so yeah, that is so the rest of this year and probably the beginning of next year probably going to miss a couple of games next year yeah for um, sure which That's... kills my fantasy team because robert Woods. oh man yeah, yeah. so so sorry that that just lose uh woods and henry on the same team yeah it's great I yeah. just give up. So I think that's my only update from last week. Right. Uh, everything else, it was a quick episode last week. Hopefully we can keep this trend going, but you never we'll do our know. Best. We're going to do our best for sure. I see this, this week, um, Kevin, I know we, we've been doing the trend now of wrestling shirts for yourself and different hat for me every week. Kevin, you're not wearing a wrestling shirt this week. so Yes, for we- those that are watching on our YouTube, as you guys can see, uh, it is all about them boys this week. Uh, so for anybody that knows who I am, uh, this weekend, I went on a bachelor party for one of my best friends who I'm a groomsman for his wedding. Shout out to my guy, Danny. Uh, he's been trying to listen to this podcast. Merritt, have we have an update on if this is reaching Spotify soon? I am trying. I have to figure out how to convert everything over to an MP3. Um, so any listeners out there that know how to convert MA4s or whatever it is that goes into um, iTunes and knows how to do that for Spotify, let me know because yeah. worst comes to worst, you could always watch us on our YouTube channel, yeah. Manly Musings Podcast. That too. But, uh, so back to what I was saying, because I, I don't want to ramble too long. Uh, Cowboys jersey day, number 54. That is the number of former Cowboys linebacker uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, I'll be honest, I was not planning on buying a jersey. I try not to buy like jerseys of teams that like I don't follow as much just because of the fact that my jersey collection is as extensive as it is. But what really sold me, and for those on the YouTube, we'll be able to see it, 
I got this little patch here. It's established in 1960. So I believe it was last season or two seasons ago. They came out with all of their jerseys at the stadium. You'd be able to purchase their jerseys with this commemorative patch for their 60th year. Um, and from what I was talking to one of the employees, I was just kind of like, you know, chopping it up with them. And they're saying, yeah, so pretty much they put it on all of their jerseys and pretty much whatever is left of them is left of them. They're never to be made again. This patch is never to be recreated so in a sense, it's kind of like a timeless item if you're a Cowboys fan. So after him talking to me, the jersey was on sale. I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just going to get it. I don't know when I'm going to be back in Dallas. It was amazing. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys won. If anybody saw the score, it is it was a good time. And I will say to any football fan out there, whether you are a Cowboys fan or not, AT&T Stadium and the experience – in Dallas is one like no other. So I would highly recommend you guys go ahead and check out AT&T stadium. Yeah, you, but, there are pictures and everything that, you know, you and I are texting all weekend about it all, but um, it looked awesome. I, yeah. I lived in Austin, so, I, but I never went to Dallas. Um, yeah. But from everything I've heard and seen is that stadium is just a it's, mammoth of a stadium. It's it very is. big. Was there actually a car dealership in the stadium? So great question. You said that. So basically eight, the AT&T stadium and the Cowboys have a deal with Ford. Mm -hmm. So every year uh, on the second level of the stadium, it's a Ford section, which is one of AT&T stadiums standing room only sections. So basically Ford owns that set. And they put up all of their new cars that are new for the year for display for people to see. And then those glass windows that you guys see, fun fact. So they those were can remain closed or they can remain open. Uh, oh, cool. So they're like five, three to five panels in which they just kind of open up to the slide uh, to the side and just slide out like a like a like a retractable door. And that's how they get the cars onto the floor. So wow. it is, like I said, honestly, if you're in Dallas, you're going to a game, take the tour. It is definitely worth it. Um, we got to see the suites. We got to see the locker rooms. And fun fact also, number two, so after well, the day before every home game, Dallas has what they call a rally day. So basically, so if you're there for the tour, you get pretty much free admission to the rally day. So they have a bunch of things for the kids to do. The bar outdoor bars are open for all the adults to do. You, college football is on all day. So you could watch college football while you're socializing with your friends. And it's, it's a, it's a great time. Dallas, Dallas knows how to do it. And everybody else got to take notice or take some lessons, but yeah, shout out to Dallas. Shout out to my guy, Dan, again, for his bachelor party. Hope you had a great time because I know I definitely did. And uh, I mean, if you're in Dallas, just my one last thing. So where we're staying, the view of my hotel was AT&T Stadium. And right down next door is a thing called Texas Live. If anybody that lives in the Philly area has heard of Xfinity Live, very similar thing, place you can go watch sports. And man, I have never been in an area where like, it is rocking for football. So 
Saturday after the rally day, we watched college football on Saturday. So the whole place, coincidentally, because Atlanta was playing, you had a whole host of Georgia Bulldogs there. Oh, so yeah, Georgia Bull. So it, the 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 whole place went from Georgia Bulldog red to Texas A and M maroon in the nighttime because Texas A and M played in the night session. So I was like, I've never been in an area where one people cared as much for college football, and two, like they were on it. Like you, and they had all different types of games on. So right next to us, where when we were having dinner. There was a set of Iowa fans that were like yelling for their Iowa Hawkeyes. And then down in front of us to the right was a bunch of Arkansas fans when they were yelling about beating LSU. So for anybody that goes to Dallas, at t Stadium and then Texas Live, that is a must do for you. So, but yes, Merritt, I'm not the only one that did anything this weekend. I know you went somewhere too. Can you tell the people where you went as well? Well, I'll start with the hat because that's the big thing. This yeah, start with off with that hat. It's so, a very interesting hat. This hat, if you're from New Hampshire, you, this is a very iconic um, staple of New Hampshire. It's the old man on the mountain uh, who is no longer actually on a mountain. Uh, this is actually what it used to look like. Um, a, a view of him. He fell. Family is actually in charge of keeping him up there. Uh, he fell, I want to say, just over 10, 15 years ago. Uh, to Reflection Lake below. <laughs> um, so he's no longer there, but they have kind of some nice little uh, images and stuff up above them now. Uh, but this is from the local uh, minor league baseball team in Manchester, New Hampshire, the Manchester nice. Fisher Cats. Free, th- free uh, promo for him out there. Uh, fun little spot to go if you're ever in Manchester, New Hampshire during the summer. They're affiliate with the Blue Jays. So they had... Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. there one year. Guy was launching home runs way over the wall uh, oh, man, for I can a while. Only imagine. But um, they created this hat, um, geez, probably three, four seasons ago. Um, they don't wear it often. It's just uh, like the Red Sox this year, where they do the marathon color shirt jerseys, the city jerseys like Nike does now. Um, kind of the same idea. They just threw out different kind of uh, hat. And I just really like this one. They do a Republican and Democratic one. They do an Uncle Sam one. They, they do a lot of different versions because it's the minor league. So you always want to bring people in. But this is definitely one of my favorite hats I've gotten from a, a ballpark. Um, as for my weekend, I actually had my brother-in-law, his girlfriend, and his best friend uh, down Saturday. And they left, oh, geez, yesterday morning. Uh, but we went to the Bills-Jets game uh, in MetLife. So this is my second time to MetLife. Um, both times watching the Jets get completely embarrassed on a football field, <laughs> which honestly wasn't any new, anything new. They looked horrible, um, but it was a great time. Um, Bills fans are an interesting bunch. They are all super crazy. Uh, it definitely felt like a college game uh, atmosphere with Bills fans. Uh, they drink heavily, uh, eat a lot of food. I haven't drank like I did on Sunday in a very long time. So oh my goodness. I I mean I so yesterday was pain. a, was a rough, pain. rough yesterday was rough um for sure. I did make it to the gym which is a surprise. I did not expect to do that. Proud of you. Uh, I made it to yoga yesterday after getting off my flight. 
and cool. I was I was hurting a lot. Yeah, the flights from I I've flown from Austin back to Boston, and that's not a fun flight. That's especially if you're hungover. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was a good weekend. I you know I had a great time with family and stuff down here. Um, happy life is kind of back to normal, where it's like you know I have to entertain people. Um, but <laughs> honestly, great time. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Besides the one time that I put on my um, Patriots beanie because it was cold. I was like, my head's freezing. So I was like, I'm just throwing my beanie on. And I was walking up with food and like a couple drinks. And a Bills fan started giving me a hard time wearing a Patriots hat. I'm like, bro, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm here with my brother-in-law that's a Bills fan. So, of course, I'm wearing a Fitz Magic jersey, like enjoying the game. Like, don't need to be. Oh, you uh, had wait, you had a Fitzpatrick jersey on? Yeah. Shout out to you. Oh my God. Yeah, I bro. Love it, was, it. it was great. I love the Fitz magic. And uh, that was like the only downside. This guy started harassing me for wearing this hat. So I, I stood up and I, I, Swear. Was, I, I looked so at him. Stupid. He was like two rows behind me. I'm like, what the hell are you going to do? Like, when did you <laughs> win anything? When are you, have you been relevant besides the past two years? Like, yeah. Good for you. You beat the Patriots last year. When was the last time before that? Oh, 10 years prior with Fred Jackson. Good job. Let's move on. Uh, he kept saying, <laughs> he kept saying stuff and like people around him started saying stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm a lot bigger than any one of you up here. So. Oh my God. Don't no, nothing, get yourself into fights, please. And thank you, sir. Nothing. I will tell you, nothing happened. Good. He walked away. He kept drinking his beer and good. Cause people that enjoy- go to MetLife. I enjoyed the game. Idiots. Oh yeah. This guy definitely was, but I enjoyed the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, But let's jump into football here. So let's get some weekly sport updates. Um, Honestly, the uh, Odell Beckham jr. To the Rams did not see that coming on my own end. I thought there would be other teams, but um, from everything I've seen on like Twitter and Instagram, Facebook is he did not have a good first game and they're all like, giving Stafford crap about it and um, memes of being like, uh, so if you see in the video my dad made of from uh, the Browns, yeah, watch out. It's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think, well, the one thing I was reading is that um, McVay made a statement. Uh, is that his name? Sean McVay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he made a statement saying that, you know, when we talked to Odell, we'd let him know, you know, if you're open, you know, we're going to try and throw the ball to you, but you know, we're not going to go ahead and make significant snaps just for you, which is definitely a statement that I'm like, wow, you know, and he decided to still sign with them. So hopefully we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll get into the groove more once he's like, you know, practices more with the team and understands the offense and the system. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're, he's, he's technically number three receiver. So is he, yeah, is he, he would be number three. I'm trying to, because I know it's it used to be Woods, if but it was, you know if, Cooper Cup is crushing it. So if, you already know most of the snaps are going to him. Yeah, he's probably number two right now behind Cooper Cup. Um, Jefferson's pretty good too, the rookie. Um, yeah, Van Jefferson, right? Yeah, so that's his name. If and then if, their tight tight end is solid, Tyler Higby. Higby's okay. Higby's not. Yeah, he's usually like a fourth option normally. Yeah, he's like the fourth or fifth option on that team. Um, cause even their running backs aren't too bad uh, out, outside of the backfield. Um, 
I really don't want to talk about this team because it just pulls at my heartstrings every week. And I, we put ourselves through well, it this. This is that, this is why we're here. Like the, <sighs> this next topic is why we're here. And I mean, Merritt, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Cause it's, it's hurting you. I, I already it, see it on the screen. It, it's um, so bad. So for those that don't know who follow college football, West Virginia lost their game against Kansas state in a very convincing fashion. First sec, I believe it was second play of the game through right into an ignorant interception that turned into a pick six. And yeah, it was a second. Uh, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was, was a early. second play of the game. Second play of the game popped out of his receivers helmet. Yep. And caught and was turned for like, it was, they didn't get a pick six on it, but they scored a touchdown off of that. Yeah. So it, it just, from that point on, you knew it wasn't going to be a good game. Yeah. I mean, and it was funny because me and uh, me and a couple of our buddies, when we were out on Saturday, we kept like loading the game because, you know, that I think that game was on like FS1 or something, or yeah, it, it was it was a harder channel to find. So, and you just saw it was like it started off 17 nothing, and then finally we got a field goal, and then they get put it up to 24 3, and then all of a sudden they kept scoring again. So, I think right now it's you know, this next game coming up this weekend is really going to be the tell if, yep, yep, if anybody sees it on YouTube, yep, horns down. They're playing Texas, who also had a really rough loss this weekend too. Talk about you know pulling at your heartstrings um, against Kansas. Hadn't had a conference win in over two years. Yeah, and yeah. they came back from twenty-one down mm-hmm. to just lose it in overtime, which is I think is pretty upsetting. But I digress. Yeah, you know with. With I think it's really going to tell, like, how is this team going to respond? Is this truly the end of the season, or are we going to try and make a run? Because right now we're four and six. If we hit six wins, we're bowl eligible. But I don't, I don't I know. Honestly, I honestly it's almost want to say I don't want to even have them in a bowl game because why am I going to watch that game? Like, they're going to play – someone from the sec or from pac 12 and i'm just going to sit there and go why why am i going to watch this it's well remember like our love for college football and i know we talked about it in the previous weeks you know sometimes we just want to see them make it to the end make it to the postseason see some sort of progression yeah i mean that is really the key i think you know that i'm looking for for them. I want to see if, some progression that they've like learned from the hardships this year and that they're progressing. So you'd be excited for a nice start next year. I think if they, they put in the young guys and Doge does not see a football field for the rest of the year um, would make everything so much better. Um, yeah. I, well, I know he's got some, not yards. looking likely. Yeah, I know it's, he looks better every game according to the coach. Um, but let's talk about the good side of West Virginia right now. The basketball team, granted it's early. They are two and out to them beating pits. Yes. They annihilated pit. I saw the end of that game. Uh, I, my wife and I got back from seeing the movie Eternals on Friday and I was like, Ooh, I got to put it on the pit game. Oh my God. That was just, they, they just pit had no chance. Um, West Virginia though, being two and zero, and thrump, like just manhandling the two teams that they've played so far, are not in the top twenty-five. 
Yeah, I yeah. know. But you know what? I mean, it always happens that way. Though. I'll, t- Think I'll about take it. it. I will take being the underdog all year long because we're pretty good. I'm I'm really liking this team. I think I like this team more than the team, the last year's team with McBride. Um, I think they complement each other a little bit better with the passing abilities. Um, and Culver, I love them, but they're moving the ball so much better without like a, a big man that needs to touch the ball every play. I hear you. I think it's it'll be interesting. So they play Elon on Thursday, Eastern Kentucky on Friday. They play, I don't know who this BU is. I'm assuming Boston University. Yeah, they play Boston University. Boston University. Um, and then but I because I think that has to do with some sort of tournament that they're in. Yeah, they're in the something in South Carolina. It's like the I forgot what it's called. If they were supposed to be in the Bahamas tournament, but because of COVID, they're not down there. I think they're up in South Carolina or something. Yeah, for something like that. But I think, you know, I need to see more from them being more consistent. Yeah. I think I I watched the highlights because I didn't get a chance to see the game on Friday for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, I love the, the effort of rebounding from the new guard, Malik Curry. Um, I think him and Keddy Johnson are going to be a dynamic duo. If they can continue that, you know, that pressure defense and continue to go after the ball. Cause I remember listening to all of Huggins press conferences and all he would talk about is we don't know how to rebound and yep. our guys just stand around and watch the ball instead of going to go get it. So we can continue that along with a combination of us hitting shots. Cause I think we are a dangerous team when we are able to get rebounds and we're able to hit our shots because you don't want to leave us open. And that opens up those guys that like to take it to the hole and then they can take it to the hole. They kick it out to guys that are just hitting threes. We're unstoppable. And I'm curious to see a little bit more of the big guys to see how they're going to integrate themselves. Like the transfer from DePaul, Polycap, that transfer from FIU. As long as Gabe just keeps taking charges and getting rebounds, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, Gabe is solid. Gabe has been, from what I'm seeing, he's getting a lot better offensively. He was hitting a couple jumpers and close range, like hook shots, which last year you were not seeing him do unless it was a dunk or an easy layup. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's improved. He's definitely just got to make sure he stays out of foul foul trouble. He knows now how the big 12 is. So hopefully he's learned how to probably make sure he's not using his hands too much or just placing, holding his arms up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, West Virginia basketball is here. We're excited for it. I'm excited to see where this season goes. Hopefully to another Thanksgiving, you know, tournament trophy to come our way. I thoroughly enjoy watching them get those uh, just to set us up for a big 12 play. And I think if I looked at the schedule properly, a couple of the games down the slate, December 8th against the Yukon Huskies. I I mean, that's that's going to be a good one. Other non-conference games, Kent State at Man. UAB, Youngstown State. I mean, honestly, we probably can go realistically one, two, three, four, five, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Probably ten and zero until we hit January first, where we play the Longhorns. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think, yeah. I, I mean, 
I'm not worried about them. They just got their butts handed to them by Gonzaga by almost 26 points, something like that, the other day. Yeah. Granted, so, Gonzaga's the best team in the country, but still, no. Yeah. I mean, um, honestly, let's, we're, oh, let's 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 jump right ahead. Keep let's keep, keep jumping. Going. Or, let's keep going. We don't want to stay stagnant on one thing too long. Um, big news came out this, today that I saw this afternoon. Um, Coach K, Coach Shukshevsky down at Duke. Um, his grandson plays for him. And the number one recruit in the country, who is a potential number one overall draft um, prospect for the NBA, uh, both got pulled over on Sunday morning uh, for DUWI uh, and aiding and abetting uh, a police chase. So that's not good. Uh, that's not a good look for the program um, and Coach K personally, because it's his grandson. Um Definitely not something you thought you would ever see out of that. Uh, very sad. Hope, granted, no one got hurt. No one was injured at all. Um, but their court hearings are in a couple of weeks. It does look like Paolo um, is actually playing tonight. I don't know what kind of message that sends um, to the full, not just to Duke and the roster and the university, but to kind of college basketball as a whole. Um, kind of saying, Hey, you didn't, you made a mistake. We're still not going to, we're still going to let you go play. Um, I kind of think in my personal opinion is he shouldn't be playing until his court hearing is over with and you kind of get the, you know, what happened afterwards. So, um, Kevin, are you frozen? You, you look like you're frozen. Uh, you, you've, I can still hear you, but I feel like you're frozen. Oh, okay. I'm not frozen on my end. You're frozen on my end. So, Oh um, no. Okay. That's fine. Oh gosh. As well, long as we can keep yeah, talking, we'll, we're good. Yeah. We'll just keep um, on talking and we'll rock it out. And then other big news was something I saw literally right before. Um, oh, Kevin. Oh, there you are. Okay. So Kevin dropped and he's back. Up, oh, but now I can't hear you. Can Here you me. hear me now? Now we can hear you. Oh yeah, my gosh. Difficulties. First, first, first time. Technical, in six first one. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, Next big thing is Fenway Sports Group, uh, which uh, owns the Boston Red Sox. They have uh, they own Liverpool, uh, Fenway Roush Racing, LeBron James is part of them, all that fun jazz, um, is potentially buying the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, very weird. I would never see them buying that, purchasing that, but I guess they want to continue growing their pro, uh, sports pro, pro, portfolio, excuse me, um, which is good for them. Penguins are worth $832 million. So pretty good franchise. You know, one of the original six. Um, interesting idea right there. But any thoughts there, Kevin? I know you're you're a Pittsburgh kind of fan. So yeah, I mean, that's I mean, I'm I'll be honest, I'm definitely not a Penguins fan. <laughs> um, but you know, shout out to them exploring their ventures, expanding their little you know, marketplace, but I did want to touch on the previous subject matter before I somehow dropped off the call. Um, so with, you know, coach K and his grandson and the, one of the top picks next year, I want to say Paello Banchero. What a name. I dig it, but you know, not an easy one. Definitely, it does not roll off the tongue. Definitely doesn't, but you know, for sure. I, I know you talked about them, you know, probably shouldn't be playing, but I'm, I know that, all these schools always do this. They always talk about, you know, they want to get the facts first, you know, they, as long until we find out the actual facts, 
you know, then I know they don't they don't normally do anything, which is weird because uh, if this was any other person, you know, things would probably happen, you know, automatically and yeah. just they would have a decision already. But, you know, we're going to see what happens, see what the ruling is, the judge rulings are. And then I know it uh, from my understanding, they're going to review it. And then it's going to be pretty much based up to the athletics and university officials for whatever um, consequences come around. So we'll wait and see. But at at the end of the day, I look at it this way, trying to see the lighter side of it. These kids are 20, 21 years old. You know, somebody. Wait, hold on. What is it? How old is it? How old is it? only 18. He's a Severino's 20. Okay. Oh, okay. So this, this, I didn't, I must have missed the age part. So, oh, so one is 18 and one is 20. So they're both underage. I mean, come on. All right. Now that I I thought they were a lot older, that's my, my, I read my thing wrong. No, no, no. So that, I think that throws a lot more weight onto the situation is if you say, Hey, this, you know, we're just going to give you a slap on the wrist. You're not going to play for two games. Um, Okay, that that doesn't sh- prove a point. It doesn't really give them a lesson learned. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see. I think we'll, we'll see, see what happens. We got to see the severity of everything going on. What yep. what happened? And I mean, I I think it's just a matter of you know lesson learned to these guys. You guys are some high pro- profile names. You guys do something, it's gonna get out. Lesson learned. Yeah. Well, Hopefully they so- learn it. If they don't, and they're going to have some trouble later on if they don't understand the wrongs of their ways. All right. But so I'm pretty much we're still gonna, on that one. We are going to cut everything here. We're going to jump into what this episode is actually all about. Yes. Our sports memories. So we're broken it down into categories, best in person, best on TV, um, biggest letdown, all those kind of things that really revolve sport memories for anyone that enjoys watching them um, or is a fan of a team. So Kevin, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to get you, let you start with Have me start in person, in person memory, in person, sport memory. Gosh, I've been to so many darn events. Um, you know, one of the one easy ones, but I'm not going to include it. I won't write it down in our thing is I got to be in person for the Super Bowl when it was here at MetLife Stadium. Mm. Um, but I don't want to include that one just as like it's let's I'll call it as a honorary mention. Um, but let me see. All right, Merritt, I want to type one of them. And let me know what you see. I see yours. I think that's a cool one. Uh, man you are struggling today typing i know Ooh, that's a good one that's i like that one all right so kevin you got to tell everyone what you you are muted you are you're cannot hear you can't hear you. Your mic. Your mic. 
Okay, so Kevin has no idea that we cannot hear him. So I'm going to have to text him. Um, hold on. This is hysterical. This is the second time we've had issues today. All right, so let's see. I just sent him the text. Oh, okay. So he dropped. So I'm assuming Kevin is having some technical difficulties tonight. Um, so we are, we'll do our best with this one. I'm not sure when he is going to jump back on. Uh, oh, okay. There he is. Kevin, you're still, nope. Nope, still can't hear you. What is going on today? I don't know, but it is definitely on you. I don't know. It is definitely on me because yeah. I all of a sudden I saw thing. Uh, your network is unstable, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" So, did, were you able to hear? What did you hear from me? Nothing. Nothing at all. Zero. Oh my god, <laughs> we Dude, are I'm sitting having over here a, waving like going, Kevin. We can't hear you. We are having a hell of a time doing this podcast. So that we're definitely not going to be under an hour this time. But um, so did you get at least my first one? Uh, so you typed it and then that was, then it. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So my first uh, in-sport memory is Odell Beckham's one-handed catch. I was in the building for that. I know I was working, but I was able to actually catch that moment in person, which was just amazing. It was the loudest I've ever heard the stadium cheer in my life uh, after all the years I've worked there. And just the fact that it got so viral and that everyone is currently trying to replicate that catch. And now everybody thinks that that's the normal catch now. So the fact that I got to see that in person is really awesome. Dude, playing flag football, that's all I do. It's just I used to just grab it like this. <laughs> I love it. Uh, second one is I got to watch the Golden State Warriors their last year in the Oracle Arena. And oh, that's they, awesome. Yeah. And they played against the Knicks. And I just remember Clay Thompson, he scored like 40 points, hit like three, 10 or 12 three pointers. And he only dribbled the ball like 10 times the entire game. And he just lit the Knicks up. So that was a really, really cool memory for me. And oh my goodness. And it just came to me. Hold on. Uh, these are two games that. I'm going to put down. Let me know what you think. Okay. I was there for these two. So Michael Jordan, I'm assuming is your MJ. Yes. Why, I... does, why do you have Meadowlands? Because... So the Meadowlands is formerly known as the Continental Airlines Arena, aka oh. the Izod Center, where the Nets played. Oh. And I had half-season tickets this year, and one of the games we got on our plan was against the Wizards. And this was the year Jordan announced that he was officially, officially retiring. And then Ira, and then Kobe was I can't I don't understand how the hell I forgot that it's just that I again I've been through so many events but for me you guys know whoever knows me that I love Kobe and that I got to witness him for the last time in person I remember I bought tickets that day tickets were skyrocketing up and I was able to get like one of the last lower level seats so those would be my uh 
those would be my last ones. It was, it was awesome. All right. So, so yeah, I enough would, of me, Merritt. I would love to hear yours. Yours looks awesome right now. I, I had to switch mine up um, because of what you just brought up um, a little bit, but I might bring in the other one too. Um, so probably my favorite is I, I've mentioned this memory before in a previous podcast, um, but it would definitely be um, going to opening day after the Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambino um, with my dad. Uh, definitely the coolest sports Amazing. memory ever um, to be a part and to witness that watch the team, you know, get their championship rings. Granted, I watched every single game of the playoffs the year before uh, leading into that. So it definitely was a cool experience that the Fenway, if you've ever been there during a game, it's electric majority of the time. This was just un- unreal. The, the atmosphere around the city itself um, just felt different. It was, it felt, you know, not just like a normal baseball game. It was something that it felt like an accomplishment and granted it was, but it was just so cool to be a part of it uh, and, and watch and be, a, you know, be in that stadium when they got their rings and watching um, geez, McGinnis Pierce, Brewski and Bobby or walk out and throw. Oh no, it was Bill Russell. Sorry. Throwing out the first pitches. Like that was so cool. Like watching them come out and you're just going, there's four sport icons and, and coming out to do this. Um, so that was definitely big. Another one was when I lived in Arizona, right before I moved to Texas, it was opening night for the Phoenix suns. It was actually the opening night for the NBA. Nice. Uh, and it was Kobe Bryant's last opening game. So his last year in the NBA. So as you're saying, it was his last game in Brooklyn. This was his last opening night. And it was so cool. I remember that, um, you know, Bank of America Stadium where they play out in um, Arizona was 95% purple and gold. Um, but it was just so cool. He dropped, I think, like 25 points on the Suns. Uh, just balled out. It was awesome to watch. We were uh, at the time was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, she had gotten tickets uh, for us. We we're sitting behind the basket, like 13 rows up. But it was still so cool to be a part of watching that. Um, another memory would be one of the first games at Gillette Stadium with my dad. He got tickets for the Jets Patriots game and it was Asante Samuels rookie year and Chad Pennington tried to test him. He failed miserably and Asante Samuel had a pick like a 60 yard pick six went untouched, just ran down straight down the sideline. It was awesome. Um, so those are, so those are some of my top memories for sure. Um, those are some solid memories we yeah. have some really great in-person memories. We were super luckily. We're so super lucky. I know. Seriously, like where the time frame in which we've grown up sports wise for our teams. It's been, has, it's been one of the, one of the best for the, for them. For sure. Oh yeah. Especially being a Patriot fan. Like we sucked for a long time. <laughs> you have another one. I see you're typing out one I'm more. I'm just typing up the one I just talked about. Yes. First six in 
Gillette Stadium. Oh, right, so, so let's okay. go with the uh, greatest watching on TV. Oh, yes. All right. So for me, um, for me, one that definitely, definitely stands out because I can remember. So with this, you got to think about where you were at the time of like and what place. So for me, West Virginia, our alma mater, winning the Big East Championship. I remember we were in one of our friends' dorms at the district. We all went over to his place for a party. And I just remember the feeling of watching Deshaun Butler run up to the rim. He throws up that crazy layup. It goes in against Georgetown. They go on, and then they miss the shot, that layup that they tried to do. We won the game by one, won the Big East Championship for the first time ever. Just the feeling of excitement and the electricity of that moment, it just resonates me as an alum, Mm -hmm. as a fan. You could probably attest to it as well. Um, I just had to put that moment on there as we're W alums out here. That moment that when we were in college is just that was forever amazing. One of those play, like one of those memories that I, I'm not, I can't remember it too, too, too well. Cause I wasn't in West Virginia. I didn't go to West Virginia at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was probably one of the memories that like made me think of, this is why I want to go to school there. Um, sports mm, yeah. because of like what this team is doing. So yeah, that one is a big one. Uh, Steelers Super Bowl win in 2009. Again, it's like when you remember like where you were at places, that's what makes them special. I remember it was a group of us in one room in our in our dorm. And the next room were a bunch of like fans that hated the Steelers. So it was all of us Steelers fans in this one room. And I just remember when first when Harrison got that interception and he ran that 101 or 102 yards for the touchdown. And he had to get the oxygen mask at the end. And then also that San Antonio Holmes catching the end zone. Oh, I just remember screaming. I remember we banging on the door of the other room of the other team. We almost broke their TV because it was against the wall and almost fell over, which was hilarious. But that memory, ah, got to love number six for the Steel City. And Larry Johnson's four-point play. So for those that know, I'm a Knicks fan. Uh 1999 special year. We have tons of moments there. Um, you can name when the Knicks were the eighth seed that year. They faced the Miami Heat. Game five, they Allen Houston's with a Allen Houston gets a floater with a lucky bounce to send the Heat home. And then you go into the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Larry Johnson hits a three-pointer uh to tie up the game against Reggie Miller and the Pacers. You just watch, like, when you watch that scene from the overhead cam, he hits the three, you see the crowd just erupt. And you almost thought that there was, like, dynamite on the floor with how, like, the crowd erupted. It was it's an amazing feeling. We went to the finals that year. Unfortunately, uh, we lost to the San Antonio Spurs and the up-and-coming mm-hmm. Tim Duncan that year, 4-1. A lot of great players on that Spurs team with – David Robinson, Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, Mario Ellie, and the rest of those guys. But yeah, that one, that one's a, a memory that any Knicks fan, that's gotta be one of your top memories as a fan. So yeah, that I know I don't it's funny because a lot of people would be surprised. I didn't 
put any Lakers like memories there. I mean, I love my Lakers and I love my Kobe, but like I'm trying. I could put I could put all of those down because I I definitely yeah. watched all of them. But I wanted to pick three that were like all in different genres. So for all my friends that know me out there, yeah, you know, make sure you know yell at me later for not putting any Lakers highlights. But where right, I'm gonna jump into mine. Um, Do yours. My first one is um, MJ Six Championship. I remember being a kid. I was eight, nine years old when he won his sixth ring. Um, so oh, yeah, so good. I, so I good. just remember that game begging my parents, like, dad, I just want to stay up. I want to stay up. I want to stay up. Let me, let me stay up. And he goes, okay, you can stay up. I watched the first quarter. And of course being eight, nine years old, hits like nine o'clock and you're just kind of doing this. I'm, I'm falling asleep. Um, like I do nowadays, like I'm 32 and I'm falling asleep at eight o'clock. Um, kind of how f- funny how life works. Um, but I just remember my dad waking me up in the beginning of the fourth quarter and being like, Hey, wake up. Like it's game. It's a good game. And just that iconic step, step back and just draining it. Um, it it's just something that sticks with me. Um, to this day, like I just one of those best moments I've ever was able to watch live on TV, um, seeing him win a championship. Like, I know there's so many people out there that will never see what he actually did that we can watch all the tape, but like watching it live on TV was so cool. Um, another yeah, especially one, that little step back, man. Whew. Did he push off or did he not? He did not push off. Let's be honest. He had, he had the hand on it, but the momentum of I that mean, guy was gone. <laughs> he was gone. I mean, it was, it was proven that he didn't push off. The, ref- yeah. the referee never set the call. So, uh, yep. Um, another, I'm going to stick with the NBA theme here. The 08 championship. With oh, the Celtics. Oh. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Kendrick Perkins, uh, Leon Poe. Po, um, yeah, just name all. Come on, Scott Pollard. You got it. Let's go. Let's Scott Pollard. He did. God, the white man at the end of the bench. Um, my God. But that team was so much fun to watch. And then, of course, like Garnett at the end, like yelling, anything's possible. Pierce finally bringing a championship to Boston. Um, it, I loved it more the simple fact that that put us ahead of the Lakers um, to 17 championships over 15 for them. So that was huge for me. I just love that simple fact. Um, it was always nice. And then the last one. Everyone in New England is probably going to say, be like, oh, I'd be like Patriots Super Bowl wins. Yes, those are all iconic. Those are all amazing, especially the one against the Falcons. That's most recent history. Um, But I'm going to go with the 2001 AFC Championship game, Patriots Steelers. Uh, This is when, gosh, I'm now blanking on the quarterback's name for the Steelers. Roethlisberger? No. Oh, one? No, no, no. Um, Gosh. I can see. Oh, him. are you talking about Cordell Stewart? Thank you. I it was I knew it was Cordell, but I was going to say Cordell Patterson. I was like, that's very wrong. Um, Cordell Stewart, Brady gets knocked out of the game, and the the Steelers are winning the game. They are looking like they're going to go to the champ, the Super Bowl. Bledsoe steps in, and Bledsoe just balls out in that game to get the team there. He puts the team on his back like he had for. 
eight years already. Uh, so that was awesome. I definitely think that was one of the best moments, especially because they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh for that game. So that, that was awesome. Um, definitely happy to remember that one. <laughs> um, sorry to all our Steeler fans out there. Hurting me out here, sir. Sorry. It's all good. Not sorry. Let's be honest. I know um, you're definitely not sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm definitely not sorry at all. Uh, it just makes me laugh, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, all right, so let's jump into, you know, usually I'll have our favorite sport memories, but there's also those that are the biggest letdowns. Um, you know, the, there's those moments where it takes the wind out of your sail or it makes you just kind of, lean back in your seat, throw your arms up or, or grab your closest alcoholic beverage and uh, chug it. Uh, either way, it's what you want to do. But Kevin, what is your biggest sport memory letdown? Did you, did you see a couple of ones I wrote down? Yeah. I'm going to laugh at majority of those for sure. <laughs> so first one, I'll talk about the one I was there in person. Uh, you guys may remember it known as the butt fumble. Uh, so my first year working at the stadium, yep. Merritt is currently laughing. If you guys are watching on the YouTube or just listening, uh, the ball fumble with Mark Sanchez, we had a Thanksgiving day game against the Patriots, you know, big, you know, big time rivalry. And I just can still picture the groans of like the jets crowd that day. You just hear, oh, 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 and then you go back and see the highlight of him running into his lineman's buttocks, and he fumbles the ball, and then the Patriots go ahead and take it back. It is, uh, I mean, I'm lucky I am not a Jets fan. To all my Jet fans out there, I apologize for bringing back that moment. But, yeah, that is a hard one. And my next one, it you know, watching it on TV oh. is really, really, really uh, – I'm a huge basketball fan, um, and I'm a, I was a big fan of both of these teams as much as they were facing my Lakers. But definitely biggest letdown is not seeing Eaton either or of the Sacramento Kings or the Portland Trailblazers get over the hump against the Lakers. Like uh, you talk, uh, Mary, you talk about one of the best moments you see on TV. I mean, I still see that alley-oop lob from Kobe to Shaq to, for that alley-oop that he does. And then the Lakers just took the lead from this series after they were down by like nine. And I just vividly see, remember, you know, it was the year that they traded away Jason Williams from the Kings, mm-hmm. Mike Bibby's first year with Sacramento, and they're balling out, but Shaq just runs them over in Sacramento. Flade Diva gets called for his, like, fifth foul, yeah. and pretty much without Vlade trying to equalize Shaq, he just had no chance in stopping the Lakers. And I just remember the feeling of, like, I know my sister was a big Mike Bibby fan, so, like – not seeing the Kings win, she was upset. Even though, and I was like semi upset just because I would have loved to see like Chris Weber and then like fight for a ring. Um, and then also same with the Blazers the year before. That team, if you really think about that team with the Blazers with Scottie Pippen, Damon Stoudemire, 
Steve Smith. You're talking like Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Rashid Wallace, a young Jermaine O'Neal, and Ruben Patterson. I, I can go on and on with these names. If you guys grew up in the 2000s, you would know who they are. But that those days of the 2000s definitely, definitely were the biggest letdowns in my opinion, to watch. I don't have, like, a baseball memory or, like, a... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have any other crazy memories. The only other biggest letdown I could definitely remember, which you will definitely enjoy, is the Yankees losing to the Red Sox for the first time in forever. That is very painful. And then having to continuously hear... Oh, Kurt Schilling, his ankle's about to fall off. He's bleeding. Ah, shut up. No, I just remember Mariano Rivera letting up all those runs in game four in the bottom of the ninth. Yep. And just blowing the lead. Tearing at me again. And then the next game, Johnny Damon comes up to bat and hits a grand slam. Yeah. Oh, no, he hit a home run, and then he hit a grand slam later. Yep. Uh, that was a uh, Boston Jesus right there until he went to the evil empire and looked like an idiot. Gotta love that. Gotta yeah. love that. I do think that's the one thing that Yankees need to change is like this whole clean shaven, like short haircut type mentality. Like guys, let's change it up a little bit. It, it just <laughs> doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you guys aren't winning anymore. Like, Change it up. Um, oh my goodness. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into mine. Um I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna save my first one to go second that I wrote down here because this is that'll tear my heartstrings. <laughs> and Kevin's gonna laugh. Kevin's gonna be like, I'm not gonna <laughs> laugh. I'm not gonna laugh. I'm just you know, I'm understanding your pain right now. Yeah. Um, so my first one though is I'm a huge UNC basketball fan, like I've mentioned before. Um, and it was the 2000, I think it was the 2018 um, national championship game against Villanova. Ooh. UNC came out on a tear, had a great game behind Jackson. And, oh, I can't remember the other guy that was on the team, but Jackson was the big name. Um, he, I think he's still, I think he plays for the Kings now. Um, but they played great. Villanova had great defense though. they they, I think like three or four of those guards just playing in the NBA still. Um, and it was just back and forth, back and forth. And UNC goes down, hits a shot at the end of the game to, to take the lead. And you're like, all right, here it is. Here it is. That's all you just need to just pressure the ball. And, and that's it. Yeah. Ball got through everybody and just drained a three to win the game by one. And yeah. I just remember watching it and just slinking out of my chair going, well, that's, that sucked. <laughs> I, I, I've kind of just like the whole air came out of your balloon feeling, um, which definitely sucked, but um, let down, not horrible. You know, I, I didn't cry or anything. Uh, this is, next memory definitely made me cry. Um and it would be this when, would make all my giant fans yeah, so happy. Every giant fan very happy with the 07 Patriots losing to the Giants. Uh, um, I, is this the year that they had Randy Moss? No, 
this is not the year. Uh, the second year, second time around that they played Ugh. them is when that, they had Randy Moss. Well, I'll definitely say that is definitely a big letdown for me because I really love how Randy Moss, like in a sense, kind of grew up in front of everybody and like mm-hmm. to get his ish together for him to like not win it after that. Uh, that one definitely was a pulled at me a little bit, even though I'm not a Patriots fan and I'm not a Giants fan, but go ahead, sir. Continue. So freaking somehow Patriots blow the, like just it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, they, they had a huge lead to start the game. And then the Giants kind of chipped away. Um, Asante Samuel should have had a easy pick, but bobbled the ball and didn't get his left foot down. Um, so that kind of helped the drive go along. And then somehow Eli, Eli Manning evades four attempts at attack. I don't know how the most unathletic quarterback besides Tom Brady and Pate Manning escaped the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> And then throws a Hail Mary to midfield and David freaking Tyree just jumps up and catches the ball like this. I I don't even know. Like I can't even fathom that, how I felt back then. It's coming back. I'm going, I feel disgusted. Watch it. Like even thinking of this memory. Um, That one's for, yeah. You as a Patriots fan watching that, I can only imagine how sick. It and still then, of course, makes you, we, feel. you know, four years later, going to the Super Bowl again and playing Giants again, and then losing again. I, just, I hate the Giants so much. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. I totally, totally, totally get it. It's a struggle. But you know what? I would not trade any of the six Super Bowl championships that we have for one of those two Super Bowls. Mm. Because, I respect that. You know, it would be great to have the 17 and 0 and, yeah. and all of that. Be great to be what? Well, oh, no, not 17, 19 and 0 because we had the three extra games. Three extra games. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's just another thing you put in the Hall of Fame. We have six Super Bowl titles. Ch- There's only two other teams two or three other teams that have that so you guys have six right yeah Steelers I think have the Steelers Steelers have six and Cowboys have five and 49ers have I think six do they really I think so I think it's three teams have six um but either way we'll have I, to look that up and we'll look that maybe up. somebody could like answer that for us for I'm probably wrong week. it's been a long day i've been up since four o'clock in the morning uh <laughs> but yeah it's it's definitely one of those things i'm happy where the patriots are landed right now especially with what they're looking like coming after you buffalo let's go <laughs> um but kevin let's jump into the last little bit of this segment here yeah um, i i'm looking our, at this and this is really difficult our best because like what are, what are the sports what, memory what's the criteria here though because they're Nothing that we've already said. You cannot pick something that you've already said in this episode. Because in this episode, there's there's so many different things that you can go. Because number one, you and I haven't even talked about Olympic sports yet. I probably won't. 
Yeah, I mean, because I mean, those are some great sports memories. That I actually also. I could go with a sport memory based off the Olympics. Um, I won't say it's the best all around. I will throw this one out there because my cousin um, is a professional photographer. Okay. He was a professional photographer for years for Burton um, until uh, what, probably five, six years ago when the company, you know, a lot of companies back then were laying off a lot of individuals. Mm-hmm. He was one of the higher paid guys laid off. Okay. No big deal. Kind of understands that. Uh, but he was a professional photographer and he followed around Sean White. So if you guys don't know who Sean White is, mm. probably the best snowboarder ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Flying tomato. Like he, he was unbelievable. Um, my cousin got to travel all over the world with him. If you've ever seen the American Express commercial where Sean White is like, oh, where are we going next? The guy in the commercial that's jumps over him says hey get up lazy bones let's do this that's my cousin that's legit my cousin in those commercials um but he was at the vancouver winter olympics and when sean was um you know quoted as saying let's get this fucking shit done because he knew (laughs) he knew he was going to win on his last run he knew it and he said it live on national television and everyone got so mad but like text my cousin the next day and i was like how was the experience after you know i watched it and it was unbelievable my cousin goes i can't take pictures because it's for the olympics i'm not licensed for that but he goes afterwards was probably one of the best nights ever he goes we just stayed up <laughs> until like seven o'clock in the morning the next day and it's like holy shit that's awesome but like that's to me, that's not my memory. That's kind of a cool story with my cousin and all that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, because like it's funny you mentioned Olympics because I can almost I don't want to say it's the all around best sports memory because I, I just know that like this is something that I grew up with. And like just thinking about all of the trials and tribulations of what happens. Um, I, I'm I don't so I'm gonna preface merit. What I'm gonna write down here is I don't want to say it's the all-around best sports memory I can think of, but if I can, if you were telling me to put in a different sports type of memory, that's the best I can think of in my head. That type of question, I'm gonna type this in. Okay. Ooh, I like that. I like that. All right. So what I wrote as just a preface to be different, um, if I think about all around best sports memory, thinking about something that is, you know, it pulls at your heartstrings, tears every emotion, you know, you're extremely nervous, you're, you're, you're freaking out. You're excited, the sadness, the joy. And for me, I went 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, the Magnificent Seven, gymnastics, USA women's gymnastics, winning gold. Shout thanks to Carrie Strug, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm just going to paint the picture for you. Um, Team USA, their last event is the vault. Uh, two of the two or three of the athletes go. Carrie Strug runs. She goes off her vault. She misses. She falls. She also gets hurt. She's everyone sees her visibly limping on her way back. She's trying to debate if she can go again. She pulls the will to do one last vault. She goes ahead, runs, does her little twirly thing, sticks the landing, and then has to be carried off the floor by their coach, Bella Caroli. And then you just hear it silent in the crowd. And then all of a sudden the roar that she had an amazing score that pretty much was enough for team USA to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that, that moment that I can think of right now is just one that you just think about the comeback you know, it was Team USA's journey back again since they've been building and building. They never can beat the Romanians or the Chinese, but Team USA was able, able to prevail. And those seven gymnasts will forever live in infamy because that's what little girls want to grow up doing is to be in the Olympics and be a gymnast. And yeah, I just remember seeing that for the first time when I was young. My sister was big into it. I remember she would buy books about them and do like book reports on a couple of the magnificent seven, like Dominic Dawes and Dominic Muciano. And yeah, I think that's a, I think that's one that I can give you that something different. Yeah. But uh, I, I know, I don't know if people would call it the best sports memory ever. I don't care. Well, everyone's going to have something different. And I, this yeah, is, I think it's all, this is, we're all based off of perception people. It's all objective. But, you know, Who cares? Um, let me know if you don't like my reason. You guys can go ahead and, you know, yell at me later. But hey, Merritt, I would love to hear your best all around sports memory you can think of. And this is tough. Like, I thought this would be a little bit easier when I was like writing this up last week. Hey, yeah, Ken, I know. Week- Shout out to you for making it way harder on us. Yeah, but this great. is good, though. This um, is what we do. We do it for the people. You know what? I think I'd have to go. I, I'm going to keep the Olympic theme going. Um, okay. But honestly, let's be honest. I didn't care about the Olympics. Honestly, to this date, I don't really care about the Olympics. Um, they've just kind of fallen at the wayside. Like, I, I don't think I even watched. I think I watched two basketball games of the Olympics this past year because of time frames. Um, yeah, that's what that's what makes it so hard with the Olympics is that like, all right, especially with now because of social media, like you already heard what happened already. And you're like, oh, darn, I missed it. But then they do the replay at night. But it's like, well, if you already heard it, then mentally it's like you're not going to be fully invested because you already know what's going to happen. I'm All just right. curious to see what Merritt's doing. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, this is a All right. real life event for me. Um it was 2006, 2006, 2007, something around there. Um, I got to go to France and Spain for 10 days uh, oh, in high school what? during the summer. It was awesome. It was such a cool experience. I got to go to, you know, Paris, Nice, uh, Madrid, Barcelona, uh, where our four big cities Um I would highly recommend anyone that wants to go and see uh, some beautiful European history or just go to Europe and and explore. Nice (laughs) needs to be on your bucket list. It's right on the Mediterranean, 
right in between, kind of like the furthest point south in France uh, and also right next to Italy. So they speak a kind of Italian and French mix, but it's a beautiful spoken language, um, much better than English that we have here in America. <laughs> it just sounds horrible 95% of the time <laughs> when it comes out of our mouths. Um, but why we're over there, the World Cup, it's 2006, so it's World Cup is going on in Germany at that time. And, you know, not really being a big soccer fan, I'm playing soccer, but it's just to play soccer. I'm not actually caring uh, too, too much. Um, but that's when I kind of fell in love with the sport of soccer being over there. I remember watching, we're in Paris and we're in these little, little hotel rooms, you know, and I go next door to my buddy's hotel room and we're all watching the French, you know, national team play. And, you know, throughout the day, we're exploring the city. There's a bar, you know, you can see it from our hotel that honestly, Kevin could maybe have fit 50 people at max and France scores their first goal of the world cup. Oh my God. These people <laughs> went ballistic and we looked out, we jump out onto the balcony and we're on the top floor. So we're looking out over the balcony and minimum of 150 people exit this bar, like screaming, yelling, um, waving French flags, like taking off their shirt, like doing all this crazy stuff. Um, and all of a sudden you just hear the police sirens like all over the city because everyone's going nuts over this goal. They miss the fact that France goes and scores four, three more goals and wins four, nothing. Um, and then, you know, we're in Paris for a couple of days and a couple more games are being played, but it's not France. France then is playing Spain which is their biggest rival besides Italy, who they inevitably lose to because Zendine Zidane decides to headbutt somebody. Um, mm, oh, man, I remember that moment. Yeah, I do too. Um, but Terry Henry has become one of my – was became one of my favorite soccer players. Amazing guy to watch. Um, also played for your New York Red Bulls. Yes, he did. After, you know, leaving Tottenham and other great English Premier League teams. Um, but – we are in Nice and France is playing Spain. Spain is, you know, still the favorite, though France came in very strong for the World Cup that year. And we are up in our hotel room, but we become very good friends and very friendly with uh, the hotel staff. And we're like, hey, we're all of us are watching it uh, up in our room. You know, there's 12 of us total. Uh, you're more than welcome if you can come on up. We're having food, drinks, and all that. When I mean drinks, we're having literally soda because we're high school kids. Like we're not <laughs> drinking alcohol. Um, we probably could have gotten away with it, but we didn't. Um, so we're having a good time. France scores against Spain. And I run five flights downstairs to go tell the, the staff because they don't have a TV. They don't have anything. And I come down and go, France scored, France scored, like yelling, having to like, screaming there. They jump up and down. They're yelling. They're happy. I run back up. France scores goal too. I run back down, tell them. But like during this whole time, people are running around the streets of Nice. 
Um, we saw a guy on top of a car surfing on a car with a French yeah. flag. Like he's holding on to a rope and doing this. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So that probably has to be the best time ever. Um, any sport memory that I've ever been a part of. And I watched the games, but like the environment that you're around when that is going on is unreal. Um, you know, I would highly recommend any anyone to go to not a MLS game. Like, yes, I bet some of these games are great. They're probably fun to go to. Um, but go to a national level, you know. Yeah, you I, you got to go, go to the national level because that's where the real deal is. Go to like a U.S. Argentina, U.S. Mexico, U.S. whoever. I went to a U.S. Mexico game in Arizona when I lived out there, and it was awesome. It was a one-one draw. Um, <laughs> I had a beer bottle thrown at my head from oh, the Mexico fans. Um, my buddy, the only reason I knew that was coming is my buddy grabbed me, and it flew right here. Oh, I would have been God. knocked out, whatever. Um, you know, everyone hated each other during the game, uh, but afterwards we're in the parking lot waiting for the traffic to die down and we're playing soccer with Mexican fans. Like we're all having a great time. Like it was a great game. Mexico, oh my God. you know, went up one, nothing. We came back scored. Like it was all these crazy. I'm like, it was great. So <laughs> I highly recommend like football games are great. Basketball games are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but soccer is a whole other beast that I think we should really tap into in this country um i know i wish i could just get a little bit more into soccer i have a lot of people that work with me that really really love it and i'm just like i got i'm I'm trying to learn i'm trying 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 to learn i because like if you i'll be honest i don't really get into mls you know i try to get into it whenever there's the world cup or at least when the u.s national team is playing but yeah, I mean it's it's hard. I did watch them. They did win against uh Mexico against in the uh, Concacaf US. Yeah, this USA day. team is. They gonna, did. Shout I'm out hoping to the guys. You know, the next World Cup. I'm really hoping that they can surprise some people and be like, "Hey, we're we're finally a real deal." Um, so I, I'm excited. That's all I've got. Um, I actually you... have something that we might have missed. What did we miss? Um, so you know. I'm looking back at all of our highlights and, you know, I realize we don't, we haven't talked about our ladies. I haven't talked about any of our ladies highlights. I have a couple I'd like to share. That's okay. Go go right ahead. Resonate with me. I I have a couple. I have um, one or two. Yes. So I have two. So one, uh, we talk about like our games that we've seen live. Um, One of my favorite memories is, is going ahead and seeing the first ever women to dunk in a, a second ever women to dunk in the game, but first in the professional level. I remember watching Lisa Leslie. It was a Sunday in California. They played a team that was called the Miami Soul at the time. And I just remember Lisa Leslie, she got the ball on a break. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but she just slammed it home. And I remember how much of a big deal they made about that dunk because they've never seen it before. Um, now you have girls like Brittany Griner and Asia Wilson that just like, they just do it. It's on the regulars. There's no news about it anymore. Cause it's, it's what people do now. Cause it's the, you know, the athletes have evolved, but 
definitely want to shout out that because I love my WNBA. I try to follow it as much as I can because I love my women from UConn, like Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore. I can go on and on and on about them. But that's definitely one highlight I'd like to share. And let's, 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 I mean, honestly, these women don't get enough credit like they should. Um, let's just be real. They should be getting paid more. I mean, it would be remiss if we didn't talk about our U.S. women's soccer team. Absolutely crushing it. I mean, the World Cup where they dominated. I remember the first one in 2016 when they were, was it 2016? Yeah, no, it the one, 2016 was where they was, really dominated. So no, it was the 2015 World Cup because that's 50, every, yeah. uh, so the women play one year, the men play the next year, or yes. vice versa, men and then women. Um, and then you have a four-year gap between the men, a four-year gap between the women. Yeah. So I, I know when I graduated college, women's soccer was up and coming with like Carly Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I was when I was working at Rutgers, and I just remember her scoring those goals for them to win like whatever title they won there. And then I remember and then 2015 was when they crushed it again. So like I love me some Megan Rapino. She's so badass. Uh I, I watched their documentary on. HBO Max, it's LFG, what it stands for. Let's fucking go. So if y'all ever get a chance to see that documentary, you'll see how talented some of these ladies are. But you know, that's one thing I wanted to share. Merit, if you have any that you would like to share, please feel free. Cause I mean, you know what they say out here who run the world? Girls. Yes, I have two. Um, I'm okay. going to piggyback off of your last one with the women's soccer team. I remember watching that at Haymakers in Austin, Texas, Texas. Sorry. If you are ever in Austin, it is a uh, local bar right outside of the um, Austin area, kind of close to the football stadium. Great little spot. um, But uh, a bunch of my friends and I went and watched the World Cup final against Japan, where the U.S. scored, I think it was seven goals. Out of control. Um, It was ridiculous. That place was rocking and rolling. Like I was wearing my USA jersey. Like we were screaming, yelling, everything. It was unreal. Um, you know, granted, it's still not the same hype as the World Cup for men. Um, but I do agree. This team needs to be represented a little bit more than what they have um, in all aspects of the world. Um, I think there's some other conversations that need to be had um on the financial side of things and other things that pop up that are also not shown on the men's side because they did a breakdown financially it almost equals out because of different tiers that are in the women's contracts compared to the men's contracts so it does almost equal out but we see the big number that's what we always look at is this big big number Yes. And I do agree that their num- the women's number is much smaller than what the men's is. And that number needs to become different. I think it's more prevalent when you look at the, the NBA and the WNBA when um, LeBron James goes and you know wins a title with the Lakers. He was making, I think his bonus was like 12, like 10 million bucks for winning it or something. It was something astronomical. Um, Diana Taurasi. <laughs> one of the best players ever for the WNBA. She wins a title and share bonus was like a hundred thousand bucks. It's like, 
No, that's what I mean. And then like, and also too too much of a difference. Like I I remember they're on, they, so on that same documentary LFG, they talk about like what the, yeah, you talked about how it would even out, but you talk about the the performance implications of what they have to do to even out. So pretty much it was just saying the men have to make it to this sort of like level or like round of a tournament where the women, they have to actually freaking win the damn thing in order for them. So like, yes, they could, they could do all that claims that it evens out. But at the end of the day, like you're telling me that they have to go ahead and work twice as hard to try and get just to what people would essentially say they could be equaled out. Whereas the men's will only have to like, all right, maybe we only get to here, but all right, but you'll get this amount. So this might be a conversation for another podcast. But, yeah. well, you know, I'm, we can definitely think, talk about this because this was a, definitely a topic and that I, think I had if, people interested in. So, yeah. When we have that kind of podcast, I believe that we should have. Um, I have a couple friends that have uh, played professionally uh, Ooh, in okay. uh, women's Shout basketball that I think we should definitely have on that could bring a different point of view. Um, I would love that. And I will definitely talk to them. I'm going to throw it out to our alum, our alma mater here with this one, the women's uh, West Virginia basketball team winning the big 12 title uh, the year after I graduated. And that was amazing to see that team. Those girls deserved it. Yaya, Asia, um, Brooke, Taylor, Jesse, all those girls. Um, who, else is on, who else was on that one? There's a lot of avery who's the freshman's that year is that like katrina party and all them yeah uh no i don't or she the so. next year after. that was the next year that this team was unreal like i loved watching them like i played against them and all that but like these girls 100 deserved it so shout out to them for winning that um so definitely another big moment but that's what i've got kevin it is now up to you to oh, end this podcast. beautiful yes outro time people i don't know what the time frame is that we definitely went longer we're than over we're an hour to. but we're, we're not like a normal hour and a half so we're perfect good. all right so we're, again we're getting better at this um <laughs> again thank you for listening thank you for watching on the tube follow us on our youtube and watch us at manly musings podcast we are currently trying to get our instagram back and running so follow us there at manly musings podcast as well hopefully we can figure it out I hope we can because I'd love to share the content that we're doing out here. Follow us at our personal socials as well. If you want to know where those are, just let us know. And again, once again, thank you for tuning in to your manly musings and good night.